Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. Thank you for your anointing. It is the anointing that makes the difference. And as I share your word, I thank you for supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. Grant unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe. Thank you for this opportunity. Give unto me your son and your slave supernatural um, utterance the tongue of the learned, that I may speak a word to them that are weary. I thank you for the wisdom um, for this during this time of, of racism and display of hatred. Thank you for the wisdom of God. Thank you for the love of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, good morning, KLM. Um, it's so good to be with you this morning. And today is really Pentecostal Sunday. Yay! Thank God for Pentecost. And we will talk about that in the days to come. But there's something on my heart. I've been thinking about it for the last couple of days in light of what is happening in our society. So today I want to talk about the gospel and racism. The gospel and racism. Living life through our faith. Living life through our faith. So I have some scriptures, and I want to dive right into it. I don't want to waste any time. I know you enjoy that praise and worship. Just, just know that praise and worship that we have, um, we're, we're not able to meet like normal. And you may be asking, when will we meet again in person? Oh, when it's safe. <laughs> that, that's, that's something you can be assured. I, I think about safety first. I know everybody misses everybody been around each other. But guess what? God is going to give us the time. He's going to lead us in the right timing to meet together. In the meantime, we have the avenues of online and Zoom. Don't forget about Bible study. We have Bible study every Thursday, Thursday night at 730, and usually ends about 830 to 9. Um, we have a workbook that we're working through, um, Paul Washer, and it deals with knowing the living God. It's a great workbook. We don't necessarily agree with 100% of what's in there, but there are some major themes about who God is that we can glean from and grow from. With that said, we're going to dive right into this word about racism and the gospel, living life through our faith. I want to take some time to pull away from our teachings through the book of Colossians and talk about what is the issue that is affecting all of us and that is racism. Um, in light of George Floyd and the many others who have died over the years because of the color of their skin. I want to talk about racism in the gospel, living life through our faith. God is a just God. Let's think about who God is. He's a just God. He's not for unfairness. There's no partiality with God. And he tells us not to have any partiality. 
in the book of James. James, I believe James chapter three, he talks, he challenges us, James three and, three, and James chapter four, he challenges us about living life. It's actually James four, living life um, without partiality. He is the God of justice. I don't know if you knew about, knew that about God, but he's a God of justice. He is about justice in this world. So we must look at this issue through the lens of our faith in Christ and display the love of God despite or regardless of what's happening in the world. So let's look at racism in light of the gospel. The gospel is our foundation. The gospel is what we live by. And when we talk about the gospel, we're talking about the good news of Jesus coming, dying in our place, dying for our sins, and, and being resurrected for our justification. Living by the word of God, the word of God is our foundation. It is the, the our, it, it, we really use it as a rule to look through the world. We shouldn't use, look through the scriptures through the world's eyes, but we should look through the, the eyes of the lens of the scripture into the world. And so that's how we as Christians are all to live. The scripture tells us in Romans 1, 16, 17, it talks about not being ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And then it goes on, it talks about that the just shall live by faith, or the righteous ones shall live by faith. So we're called to live by faith in Christ. So everything that we do as a Christian should be not based on the color of our skin or our financial status, our social status, but based on who Christ is and what he has done for us. We, we live life through our faith. We make decisions based on our faith. Give you an example of that. You shouldn't marry someone who is not in the faith. <laughs> the Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So we should not marry someone who's not a Christian. And, and that's, that's, a, that's a hard pill to, to swallow. But a Christian should not be marrying a Muslim or atheist or agnostic or unbeliever. But a Christian should marry another Christian. And it's always been like that from the beginning. If you've been reading through the Old Testament, you can see that God forbid his people to mingle with someone who was not of the same faith. And so we move from that and we talk about this issue of race. Personally, I have experienced racism ever since I was a little boy. I was born and raised in Jonesboro, Arkansas, and I encountered racism in the elementary schools. I went to junior high, one year into junior high school. I believe it's, yeah, one year there. And I, I encountered racism, even going into the store and feeling obligated to purchase something because I felt like the people who owned the store or were running the store, they were looking at me. And even today, I have to battle with that when I go into the store. I feel like I have to purchase something when I go into the store because I feel like someone's looking at me and waiting to accuse me for stealing. Now, that's not always the case, but it was the case growing, growing up. And, of course, there's racism on the job. Some of you all have, have, may have experienced racism on your jobs 
or you may have it doesn't matter if you're black or white because it can it could be flipped the other script some of some of us have experienced racism in the church or perhaps even going to a conference and some of the conferences I go to I am a minority and sometimes you do kind of feel some kind of way um, you know they want to stereotype you and different different things or you may experience some type of discrimination based on you know even among Christians if you speak in tongues and the rest of the believers don't or don't agree with it and that could be some type of discrimination um, <clears throat> so racism is alive and well today it's, it's sick. It's, it's a sick issue. God, racism has been around for a very long time. And many of God's people over the years, centuries, have died because of the color of their skin. You can just read the history. Um, and, and if they didn't die for the color of their skin, they died for their faith or they died from where they were from. God does care about the color of your skin. Let me say that again. God does care about the color of your skin. How can you say that, Pastor Dwayne? Because he made you. <laughs> he made you that color. He made you that that pigmentation. He, Whether it's, it's the absence of color or you're full of color, he made you the way that he wanted you to be. He wanted PD, Pastor Dwayne Wright, to be a black man. And so therefore, I am a black man. And I make no apologies for that. I don't make any apologies for being who God made me to be. And you should not make any apology for being who you are, who God made you to be. You, I'm not telling you to be proud or go around and say, oh, I'm better than you. But you should know who you are and, and you should glorify God in your race, in your, you know, who you are, your gender. You should glorify God in that. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but we're not to think of ourselves less than because of another race or another social status or financial status. If you're, if you're barely making it, I'm not telling you to be proud that you're poor or anything like that, but what I'm saying to you is to glorify God where you are and who you are and not necessarily be ashamed of that. There is a demonic attack against the image of God that all of us carry. We were all made in the image of God, and we should glorify God in who we are. Never be ashamed of who you are. To be ashamed of who you are, and I'm talking about who you are in Christ, and who you are as a person, as, as the person that God has made you, never be ashamed of that. Never be ashamed from where, you from, where you're from. from your, don't be ashamed of your parents, of your relatives. And so forth. Be let's glorify God in who we are, and what God is bringing us, and what He's brought us from, and so forth. So when I say God does care about the color of your skin, it's because He is He because He made you that way. He loves diversity. If you know anything about God, God loves diversity. You can look at the flowers. You can look at the colors, the different colors. There's so many different colors. You look at the rainbow. When we go to heaven, there's not all, it's not always going to be your preferences, right? You may like a certain color, you know, it may be black, blue, or, or tan, or whatever. But guess what? God loves all the different colors. And he loves all the people of the world. 
He loves everybody in the world and who they are and, and the different languages and, and so forth. There is glory. The God gets glory when we are able to maximize our humanity, maximize our 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 Christianity and our faith and so forth. And when I say maximize the Christianity, I'm not saying that you can become perfect or anything like that. What I'm trying to simply say, let's glorify God in who we are. Whatever, if you're a woman, glorify God as the woman of God that you are. If you're a man, glorify God as the man that you are. Glorify God in if you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, you know, whatever. You, wherever you glorify God in the fact that he made you and you carry the image of you are made in the image of God just like anybody else. So there's not one race that is above another race. There's not one um, social status that is, is that God looks upon and loves more than the others. That said, um, he wants all the nations to praise him and to bring him glory. God does. God, if you look at the book of Revelation, you see all the nations, right? And God is, is wait till we go to heaven. There's gonna, he loves all kinds of music. I know some of us, uh, we don't like reggae. Maybe perhaps you do. Uh, some of us don't like country. Perhaps you don't like country. Um, maybe you don't like rap or R&B or, or jazz or classical. God loves it all because he is the creator of all things. Good, good things, right? Um, he's not the creator of evil. And I know there's a scripture that, try, yeah, we'll, we'll leave that alone for another day. But God loves all types of music. And I'm, I'm convinced in my heart that when we go to heaven, you just won't be hearing hymns, but you're going to hear some rock and roll. You're going to hear some jazz. You're going to hear some reggae and some classical music and some country music. And I don't like quartet. You're going to hear some quartet music. And all these diverse, these different styles, you're going to hear because our God is not limited to one group of people or one style. And, and, and he, he is a God of diversity. And, and because God loves diversity, we should love diversity. And we should be willing to put aside our biases to say, you know what? Let us love and see people the way God sees them. Here's a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, this just is a fun fact about your pastor. At one time when I was a kid, it, it was like, Go to school, dress up to who you want to be. And I, and for a couple of years, I dressed up as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I wanted to be just like him. Um, I've studied after him and I, I would read books and, and I would have my suit and go to, go to school. And I, I wanted to be like Dr. King. He said this, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Let me say that again. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. George Floyd happened to us all. His life matters, and we should be concerned about his life. If we see any injustice anywhere, it's happening to all of us. We are not all brothers and sisters, as the world will say, but we are all made in the image and likeness of God. We have one creator, and that, that connects us to every human being. And we all came from Adam and Eve. And so we need to look upon each person as being very special to God. God did not at one time make one race 
inferior to the other race or one race superior to the other. God hates racism. So I want to talk about what racism is and how does the gospel affect and deal with the racism in this world and how do we grow in love in this hate-filled world, how to respond to those who are possessed by this demonic spirit of racism. Like I said earlier, racism is alive and well. And it's really alive and sick. Not alive and well, but it's really alive and sick. Racism is alive and sick. And we see it across this world. And it is, it's not something, it's been here for, for a long time. And it's affecting the way that we live. And it affects people's lens and how they see things. Racism is something, as long as we're in this world, we're going to have to deal with racism. So I want to take a few moments, and I want us to look at some scriptures dealing with some injustice. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Proverbs chapter 11, verse 1. In Proverbs 6, there are, are seven things that the Lord talks about that he hates. And one of them is the hands that shed innocent blood. Hands that shed innocent blood. And so when you ever see people killing others, specifically innocent lives, you can bet, you can believe that God hates that. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 1, I'm reading out of the Christian Standard Bible. It says, Dishonesty or dishonest scales are detestable to the Lord. But an accurate or just weight in is his delight. So God loves justice. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 17. Proverbs chapter 17, and let's look at verse 15. Proverbs 15, 17, verse 15. It, it talks about God condemning the just, uh, acquainting. Uh, it, actually, this scripture talks about us giving innocent. Let me read this. I think it says a little bit better in ESV. Proverbs 17, Proverbs 17, verse 15, if I can find it, right? Proverbs 15, excuse me, Proverbs 17, verse 15. Here we go. It says this. Proverbs 17, verse 15 says, He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the righteous are both alike an abomination to the Lord. So if you justify a wicked person and you condemn a righteous person, the Bible says that basically that, that type of heart and that type of action the Lord really, really, really hates. It's an abomination to him. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 11, excuse me, Isaiah chapter 1, Isaiah chapter 1, and let's look at verse 17. Isaiah chapter 1, God has a lot to say about justice. There's a, a number of scriptures in the Bible dealing with justice. He's a God of justice. So say that with me. God is a God of justice. God is a God of justice. 
Isaiah chapter 1 verse 17 says this, Learn to do what is good, pursue justice, correct the oppression, defend the rights of the fatherless, and plead the widow's case. Learn to do what is justice. Learn to do what says social justice. Learn to do what is justice. And it says, pursue justice. Learn to do what is good. Pursue justice. Correct the oppression. Defend the rights of the fatherless. And plead the widow's case. This is also found in the book of James. And my last scripture that I want to show you is Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. We're familiar with Proverbs 31 because it often talks about the Proverbs 31 woman. Proverbs 31 verses 8 and 9 says this. Speak up for those who have no voice and for the justice of all who are, who are disoppressed or dispossessed. Speak up and judge righteously. Defend the cause of the oppressed and needy. Speak up for those who have no voice. And as a Christian, we need to speak up for those who have no voice. So abortion, we need to speak up for those who are killing innocent babies, those who are dealing with sex, sex trafficking, those who are oppressed or dealing with slaveries. We see abolitionists from history that stood up and they fought against slavery. They were doing the will of God. And, and it says, defend the cause of the oppressed and the needy. Speak up for the poor. Speak up for those who don't have a voice. That, that is the will of God. Speak up for children. God will always go with the person who fights for children. And we need to, that needs to be part of our mission in life. These are just a few scriptures dealing with the God's view of injustice. Like I said, there are a lot of scriptures that unveils that unveil the heart of God as it relates to oppression, racism, sexism, hatred, and wickedness. As a Christian, we should not think of ourselves as better than anybody else. We are not better than anyone else. But we all need Jesus. We all need his saving grace. We all need his sustaining grace. We all need his serving grace. We are in need of the Lord. Um, it's hard for me as a believer to think of a person being a Christian who is racist. I, I'm, I'm still working through that. How can you be a Christian and racist? It, it, it is possible. It's possible to believe in Jesus and not have submitted every area of your life to Jesus. So it is possible for a person to be a born-again believer and yet have racism in their heart or racism, a mindset of a racist. Because it's, it, that person needs their minds renewed to the word of God. There are areas in our lives that we need to grow up spiritually and we need to have our minds renewed. There are people who degrade, downgrade women, make them feel inferior to men. And there are people who hate poor people or people who hate gay people. And so we have to guard against this, this, this discrimination. 
I am a Christian first before I'm a black man. I live my faith in light of everything I do. I do not put my race above my faith. Now, that might be a hard pill for some of you all to, to swallow, but I am a Christian first. My faith is more important than my race. My, my faith is more important than the fact that I'm American. My faith is more important than the fact that I'm a male or a man. So I, I, you have to change the way that you think. Either Christ is your all or he's not. We must not view ourselves through our relatives or social status or race or financial status. We, we can't put our faith, put all these other areas above our faith. Our identity must derive from Christ. And with that said, I want us to think about it. At the same time, we should not ignore racism that is happening with officers or other people, but we must stand up and speak, speak for what is right. And above all, we must live righteously in this society. The gospel of Christ demands how we see life and how we live. Jesus comes inside of us through his spirit and changes everything about us, including our family. He gives us a brand new family. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. We're talking about racism in the gospel. Racism in the gospel. How the gospel affects every area of our life. Now, some of y'all are still thinking about the fact that I said that I am a Christian first. And I am. And you should be a Christian first. You should allow who Christ is to be the center and the core of who you are above your race, the color of your skin, or where you're from, or that the fact that you from you may live in America, or maybe you, you live in Uganda. And sometimes we get very prideful of our race. Sometimes we get very prideful of our financial status. We get prideful over where we work and so forth. But we need to put Christ at the center of who we are. That's the center of who I am. At the same time, we can glorify God that the fact that we are for me, I'm a man and I'm a black man. So therefore, I glorify God that I'm that 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 that's who I am. I live in America. I'm I'm a, I'm an African American man, and so therefore, I glorify God and who God has made me. But I don't put that above Christ and that the fact that I'm a Christian. Galatians chapter two verse twenty says, "I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me." The life that I now live in the body or in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The Son of God loved me and he gave himself for me. Christ lives his life through us. And if you had a racist heart prior to Christ, then Christ changes that heart and gives you a love for all people. The first thing that God does when he comes and, he, and when we receive Christ, he changes our heart. Romans 5 and 5 says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit has been given to us to give us a heart of love. One of the first fruit that you'll see in a newborn or new created person, a, new, a born again person is love. God gives them a love. 
He puts love in their heart and he begins to change the way that they see life. The world has nothing on Christ who changes everything. There will never be world peace. Let me say it again. There will never be world peace. There will never be unity among the races. Like, no matter how, how we desire to see that, there will never be unity among the races. There will never be world peace. There will never be unity among the races, no matter how we long for that. There will never be true justice in this world until the kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ. Or until Christ reigns and his kingdom is in full manifestation. There will never be justice the way that we desire it to see. That said, we don't stop fighting for it. That said, we don't stop giving voice, uh, being a voice for those who don't have one. In the meantime, we're to work and pray and witness, to preach and to teach and to raise our kids and our grandkids and live life through our faith and fight for justice and speak for the oppressed and let Christ live his life through us. We're to respond in love even when there is hate-filled speeches all around us, even when ungodly cops treats us or treat us wrongly, we're to respond in love and kindness and in prayer. We must know our rights and we must fight for our rights, but we must also love and pray for those who despitefully use us, those who are oppressing us, those who are speaking ill of us, those who are doing injustice things towards us. We're to love and pray and love them and yet fight at the same time. Prayer changes us. He, prayer changes our heart towards the person that we're praying for. And you start getting a heart for those who are oppressing you. How many know that God died for the slave? He also died for the master, the one who owns the slave as well. God died for the person who's been oppressed by the cops, and, and he, he died for those cops who are doing the oppression, doing the oppressing. You start seeing people in light of the gospel when you start praying for them. They may never change, but you'll change. God will change you towards them. You'll start seeing them the way God sees them. God desires everyone to be saved. You may not, not necessarily desire everybody to be saved, but God does. And we must get his heart and his desires. He desires that a person be in the same family that you're in, his family. Yes, God desires Donald Trump to be in your family. He wants, he wants Donald Trump to be your brother in Christ. Let's continue. Um, we will continue some of this next week, but I want to leave you with what did we do in the meantime? While we're dealing with racism and oppression and hatred and discrimination, what do we do in the meantime? I have several things that we need to do. One, we need to pray. What do we pray? We pray for God's kingdom to come into full manifestation. In Revelations, it says, come, Lord Jesus, come, come quickly. And we need to be praying to that end, praying for the return of Christ. That is our part on the earth is to pray for the coming king.
Two, we need to receive his love for us. Reflect on the cross. Reflect on who God is. Matthew 22 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Then love your neighbor as you love yourself. Before we can love God the way he wants us to love him, we must first love him. We receive his love. Believe the love he has for us and receive it so that we can love others. The next part is connected to this. Allow the love of God to rule and reign in your life. Allow the love of God to rule and to reign in your life. Make love your priority. The Bible says there are three major forces in this world. Faith, hope, and love. And love is the greatest. Love is the greatest commandment. It, it fulfills the laws of Christ. And so we need to allow love to dominate us. The love of Christ. Allow the love of God to rule and to reign in your life. If you have a problem with racism, like I do, then you need to allow the love of God to rule and to reign in your life. Don't sit back and let bitterness and hatred be built up inside of you. Instead, pray, pray, and pray, and reflect on the love of God. Reflect on how much God loves you and allow that love to impact you. My next one is, what do we do in the meantime? Do right by everyone. Do right by everyone. So it doesn't matter if it's the underdog or the overachiever. We need to do right by everyone, whether, we, whether it's the poor or the rich. We, we shouldn't hate rich people, especially if you're among the rich. And you shouldn't hate poor people. We should love them both the same. God loves the poor. He loves the rich. He loves the black. He loves the white. He loves everyone. The next one is, uh, um, or underneath that, I do right by everyone. You need to check your heart. Make sure you don't have any discrimination in your heart. Um, some black people are discriminated towards other black people. So don't discriminate towards your own race. Don't discriminate against white people or Asians or, or Hispanics. Love everyone. Love straight people. Love gay people. Love bio, bisexual people. Love trisexual people. Love everyone. Never compromise your love for humanity. God love you. That's the only debt that God wants us to be in, and that's to love everyone. We're, that's the debt of love. We should love everyone and never, and never base our love for them based on what they do. Let me say that again. Never base your love for someone based on what they do. Uh, and, and I kind of sense in my heart, there might be couples, they, they're, 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 you're frustrated with your spouse. Never base your love for your spouse based on what they do or they don't do, but base your love for your spouse based on the love of God. Agape's, agape love, unconditional love, the love that doesn't change, the love that is beyond ordinary, the love that that it doesn't, if that person cheats on you, I'm not saying that you got to stay in, the, in that relationship or that marriage, but that person cheats on you, you still love them. You hear me? Love never fails. And so you have to allow that love, the love of God to, to, to make decisions for you. Choose to love. Even when people have done you wrong, you still love them. That's what a Christian being, a Christian means to be Christ-like. So we're to live our life through our faith. 
that love that God has for us. We receive that love and we reflect that love everywhere we go. We need to be a display of the love of God to everyone we come in contact with. That, with that said, that doesn't mean that love does not, you know, if you got a kid, an older kid, like let's say 20, 30, 25, 30 years old, still living in your house, and they're not doing right, love will kick them out. Love will not feed a person who don't want to work. <laughs> you know, so, so, so sometimes we got twisted. Love is like those butterflies. I'm talking about beyond that. Love, I love you so much that I'm not going to marry you, right? If somebody is not acting right. I love you so much, I, I choose not to be your friend's friend anymore. That's the type of love that you have to develop. Love is not always, love is not weak. Well, love is strong. <laughs> Let me continue. You love gay people, love straight people, love love um, skinheads, love Donald Trump, love crazy people, love, and when I say crazy people, there's some people who, who are mentally challenged, and I, I know that that word crazy, but there's some people just, they're, they make crazy decisions that can affect people. Love that boss that get, gets on your last nerve, love that coworker who's always kissing up, you know, love never fails. Love will pray for a person. Love will be nice towards a person. Love will be, you can kill the hate in them with kindness, the kindness of Christ. Let me say that again. Kill the hate that is in them with the kindness of Christ. Don't kill them with kindness. Kill the hate that they have with kindness. The next one is to speak up for the oppressed. Be a voice for those who don't have one. March, I, I saw today, you know, that many people was marching in Newark and, and Connecticut and Minnesota. March, shout, write, teach. Not everybody's called to march. So don't judge me. I wasn't out there, uh, but I, I'm trying to do my best. This Tuesday coming up at 7.30 live, I am doing a live on Instagram and I'm going to talk about racism in the gospel. And I want to talk about what the church should be doing and what the church should be saying. And so with that said, we, we're going to be doing some. Lady Courtney got some things she's working on as it relates to, you know, um, making a difference and having a conversation. And we should have conversation with other races, sit down with them and talk to them and so forth. But, but, but at the same time, we need to speak up. It's just not Christian-like to just be silent because silence could actually be a form of hatred when we don't speak up to, for what needs to be spoke with a person that perhaps can't speak on their, their own behalf. And again, I'm not saying everybody got to march because everybody's not called to march. Some, some of us got to take care of our kids at home, but we, we can do something. What can you do to make a difference, whether it's to write your congressman or what, what can you do? Think about those things. All right. The next is to train your kids to walk in the love of God. Train your kids to walk in the love of God. I never forget growing up in Arkansas. My mom was a single mom for a, a period of her life, and she taught me how to love people even when they were racist towards me and, and had some kind of a bitterness towards me because of the color of my skin. And she taught me to love them. 
And I'm telling you, you got to train your kids to love regardless of what happens. You train your kids to be smart, train your kids to, you know, to respect and honor officers. And, 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 and by the way, not every officer is of the devil. Every officer is not bad. You got bad people or people who are not representing God in every field. You got horrible preachers. You got horrible dentists. You got horrible doctors and horrible workers. But that doesn't mean that everybody's like that in the same way with cops. Not every cop. I have some friends who are cops or who retired from the police academy or police or that field. And they're not horrible. So we got to be careful and guard against having, um, you know, been general, generalizing everybody and say, oh, they're all bad. No, they're not. There's some Holy Ghost field cops. There's some cops with some nice, some beautiful hearts. And so we don't need to treat every cop like we, you know, like they're going to kill us. Let's continue. Live in hope. Live in hope. Live in expectation of the return of Christ. Next one is live your faith loud. Live your faith loud. And my last is see the world through the faith of Christ. See the world through the faith of Christ. I'm going to stop there and I'm going to encourage you to apply these things. We'll try to get these things on the website. So if you didn't have time to take notes for that, but I want to challenge you. Live, live your faith. Live your faith out. Live life through your faith. Rate the gospel affects every part of us. And if you're not born again, I want to give you that opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Know that Jesus died for your sins. He didn't care what color you were, but he died for you. And all you have to do is receive him by faith and your life can begin to change. If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, I want you to pray this prayer with me and I want you to mean it with your heart. The Bible says, Whoever so call, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sins. I receive Christ as my Savior. I believe that God raised Christ from the dead. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I thank you, Lord, for saving me. If you pray that prayer, you can email us at info at kingdomlivingnj.org. We'll get some information to you. We'll get you a Bible and some materials to help you along this journey. Have a blessed Lord's Day. God bless you. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, Contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to his word. God bless you.